0: Ben, I think he knows that I looked up to him a lot. He, you know, in college was a real go-getter and, you know, he inspired me to write my first play. He raised funds, which nobody had ever thought to do, to direct and produce his own play, which he was like, if you can write something in a month, we'll do your play if it's any good and otherwise I'll just get the rights to something. And it was a great challenge that I really took hold, and it really had a huge effect on my
1: life. Welcome to They Know Me Best: a show about friendship and how it shapes our lives told through conversations with actual best friends. I'm your host Elliot Darvik, and on today's show we have Ben Duell and Kurt Haas. Like a great John Hughes movie, this friendship started out in the northern suburbs of Chicago, and also like a great John Hughes movie, decades later, it is still as good as it gets. I think something profound I took away from this conversation was really thinking about the nature of what a best friend is. In essence, a best friend isn't just defined by length of friendship or the experiences shared, but no, it's something deeper. It's the idea that a best friend actually brings out the best in us. With that, I hope you enjoy this conversation. For the purposes of voice identification so everyone knows who is who Um, just please give your name and maybe describe to me your favorite (laughs) t-shirt that's
0: awesome
2: my name is ben dual i'm gonna have to probably probably choose like a cure t-shirt that i have still from a tour in 97 i believe it was so i still have that and and wear it sometimes it's nice and faded it's nice
1: awesome kurt what about you
0: I My favorite T-shirt's from the Chicago Blues Fest of 1990, and I just wore it yesterday. I wore it during the day, and then when it was time to go to bed, I thought, I'll just keep wearing this. <laughs> I love it. Because <laughs> I really love it. Um,
1: I, I will participate in this challenge, by the way, and um, maybe just to complete this uh, also musical theme, I have a uh, T-shirt from my radio days uh, KWR 90.3 FM. And on the back of it, it just says 25 years of debauchery, um, which is a pretty nice. badass t-shirt for a where, college radio station. Where uh, was that? Where was St. That Louis. Train? Nice. Yeah. St. Louis pumping out 10 Watts. Uh, pretty awesome. <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, I want to, I want to go way back. What is your earliest memory of this friendship?
0: Go for it, Kurt. Well, when you said, what is your earliest, like there was a very quick image of Ben arriving at my elementary school with his violin. Uh, and he, I think, it like, was advanced in his violin studies at eight, right? Or viola, I think it was viola. And had to go from his elementary school to mine, where I guess somebody was you know, more qualified to teach him. And take them to the next level and we would be playing on the playground and we're like who is this kid with the violin just showing up and i know i approached you at some point i know that's where where i met you so i figure that may not capture our friendship as we have come to know it but that it was just a really visceral image that popped in my head
2: yeah i'm gonna i think that that's you've said that to me a lot so i've sort of maybe i've conjured in my own head as my the the reverse shot of that memory and me looking out onto the playground and seeing you with Jill Randall and another girl that I thought were really cute and, and you there and being like, Oh, that's Kurt Haas, I've heard about him. Um, so that's probably it when you were at Greeley.
1: Was it Viola? Was it something violin. else?
2: And that was terrible. It was violin. Was I love how he talked about it as I was like getting bused to a better school for violin
0: lessons, but
1: Ben was gifted. He was a gifted student. Yeah, <laughs> Dude,
0: Yeah, that's funny. Well, what was that about? Why? I mean, just curious. Do you remember why I you were
2: posted up at that school? And that's where my lessons were.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, Fair enough.
2: But I think from there, I think from there, the real early memories for forged between us on the baseball field, little league, Montreal Expos. My dad was the coach. You played first base. I was pitching. That's where I think mm-hmm. really like even though we were at different elementary schools we came together on the baseball field.
0: Mhm. That was that was fun. Yeah. Okay, so
1: that that was that's where the bond really came to be. I think so. I think it was on the field.
0: Yeah, I feel like I I have, I have memories of riding my bike to your house and you were kind of on like we were in different sides of town. I mean we went to different elementary schools and that journey for me was always a lot of fun. And I feel like it may have been the farthest I road and that was probably around the time we were playing baseball together and it it was like whatever the day was when you were like why don't you come over and I figured I could ride my bike there and then he lived uh Ben's house is like right down the street from a place called sweets and the depot which were a very very like kind of exceptional ice cream shop so yeah it was a cool place to be
1: you have this emotion that comes to me when I hear you talk about just being on a bike and just you know, ten speeding it over to Ben's house. Um, it's effortless, and, and and maybe we'll just get it deep. But um, why do friendships become? Well, I, I guess maybe I'm I'm being loaded now. I ask this question, but do you think friendships remain effortless in that way? You know, do you still have friendships that are that effortless? Is this friendship 10-speed mm. effortless? But you know what I'm saying? Like, that's I love effortless.
0: That. I love how you put that. Yeah. 10-speed effortless could be a, a new phrase. I, I would say no. I don't think they are. I don't know when that began. Um, but I don't think they are. what do you think ben
2: yeah i mean i think back then when we were just riding our bikes from a to b and had basket from baseball and we had school like life was pretty easy back then and being friends like, like once life gets involved and once um there are other factors it makes friendships more complicated um but back then it's you know there's not much to really to do so um I think that was, you know, what it just gets more and more. Life happens. So
0: mm-hmm. yeah, life happens. But I wonder what that is, and I wonder when that began. Um, you know, like Ben and I, we missed out on high school together, which maybe was a blessing in a way, because uh, high schools, what for whatever, however you want to put it. I think that it's interesting that we kind of peaked in eighth grade, and then we had a bit of a hiatus where we would hang out over the summers. And I, and I want to bring this into like a kind of a contemporary context, but like, I'm a very nostalgic person. Um, so it's fun to kind of retrace that. But um, then we ended up in college together. So I don't know, Ben, was it effortless in college? No, I mean, life was
2: really a lot more complicated in college. So, you know, after high school, right. I mean, Elliot, to give you the, I mean, maybe it would be helpful to just, just the, the, the arc of it was we met in fifth grade. Um, we went, to sort of junior high for a couple of years together. Then Kurt moved um, to the East Coast and we stayed in touch through our summer camps in Colorado. And Colorado would become a character sort of in the future of our friendship. Um, we kind of lost touch during junior and senior year of high school because you know we're in the thick of high school and we reconnected in Manhattan in 94, 95. And we both realized that we wanted, we were both gonna go to Colorado College And so we were in Manhattan. We went downtown to a jazz club after we had been in Times Square. This is like right before Giuliani. So it was a different different world there in New York and Times Square. But anyways, we decided let's go to Colorado College together. We decided to room together. So we roomed together freshman year and then senior year. And then we went to New York and had a stint together in New York. And then we both moved separately over a course of three or four years to L.A and have both had been living in LA for 15 years. So it's, you know, that's pretty unique. And it's been, that's been the trajectory um, over the time. We've always been connected throughout that, so.
1: Interesting, that is unique. And there's gotta be maybe like an idea there, how many of our friendships follow us through life in a meaningful way versus we just kind of keep in touch. Um, And I I would argue like that vintage of friendship that actually survives so many different periods of time, mm-hmm. um, you know, is is sweet in a different way. And I don't think a lot of friendships actually go the distance in that way. And maybe you take it for granted um, mm-hmm. that yours is that way, and I'm sure there are more gaps perhaps than I'm giving it credit for. And we can get into that, but just an observation that we're we should be so lucky to mm-hmm. have one or two of those, if just one, honestly, in yeah. our life.
2: Yeah, and I think. I mean, don't speak, I won't speak for Kurt, but I wear it as a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's one of the things in my life that I tell people about. I share it with other friends. People witness it because if you know us for a certain amount of time that you'll realize the, the role of the other person. And um, it's something that is, you know, it's incredibly unique. And I think we're, we really value that.
0: Yeah. And, and it's just an idea popped in my head that there and there are like there have been dips, you know, in, in the in moments where we were disconnected. And I but I remember when at some point Ben, I mean it must have been like two thousand eight or nine, when I had my appendix out. And and I I hadn't been in touch with Ben really at this point. I don't know, when did you move to LA, Ben? Two thousand
2: seven.
0: Eight. Right. So like maybe maybe this was around the time you'd moved and we hadn't been in the same city for a long, long time and, and you had your life here and I kind of had my life here and we, you know, LA is LA and we were not really that connected and he showed up at the hospital which I know is kind of like a little bit maudlin but, but he did and I remember thinking like well, I was like surprised that anybody, I don't know but he was just like, you know, yeah, man, you're in the hospital like I'm, I wanted to see how you're doing uh, and I, yeah, it was like, I, you're maybe the only friend, certainly the first friend that visited me. I mean, I was with Cynthia then, so I know she was with me, but it was it was a, a great feeling to know that this is, again, going to be very sentimental, but like, no matter where you're at with that kind of a vintage friendship, they kind of like, you. at least you'd like, you'd hope, and maybe that's part of the secret of it, that they show up
1: in those moments, you know. For an appendectomy. I mean, <laughs> like... <laughs> Most people, I think, they just gotta, you know, shrug their shoulders, like, "Hey, it's kind of routine. He'll be fine." Yeah, you know, I mean, that's not to true. Ben. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. Well, it was like a car accident. I was in. It, I was there for <laughs> one
0: night, but he showed up. <laughs>
1: that's <was> true. <crazy>. One <laughs> night gonna... only, he was there. <laughs> but you know, it's funny. It's funny because
0: it's the only surgery I've ever had, and it is. It is the kind of thing that you know you're in and out but it's if you've had it it, it's always people always tell you like it was a little bit more than they prepared you for because that first walk which I think Ben took with me like I was I felt like there'd been metal twisting through my body I mean it was (laughs) (laughs) so yeah
1: (laughs) We've, we've talked about where this friendship has been but why does it work
2: I think a lot of people have friends that they grew up with that they're still in touch with and they keep in touch with them and they're friends with them purely because of shared history and that that's a good you know certainly uh, enough of of a reason to, to maintain a friendship but if you dig a little bit deeper into that I think the shared interests that Kurt and I have on top of the shared history is what really where the friendship starts to click and I think we've gone in waves over the past years um, and I think I mentioned that Kurt recently started, you know, and did a little career shift and started to embrace more of an entrepreneurial path with real estate. And that is something that I could really relate to. Um, and so has already has, has sparked like a, a new range of conversations and shared experiences and just something to, to like reignite the friendship where maybe before it, it, it didn't have that. So I guess like, we've always had these shared experiences and passions that have, have been able to kind of allow us to, you know, the friendship to really thrive, I guess.
1: Kurt, your take,
0: you know, like Ben definitely, it still interests me in, in a lot of ways. Like he's, you know, being around him nourishes you in a good way. I think, um, you know, I think what he said about the sort of re- more recent shared interest in business and entrepreneurship is is nice because before that we had a real shared interest in you know without getting into it too deeply in in making films and acting and it was nice to sort of maybe transition those dreams take the same energy and the things that like the real what's of of why the really the whys of why we got into that i think versus the what's meaning um you know, the creativity, trying to build something, create something, put something out there. Like, so in a way this, it allowed our shared interest to sort of rediscover itself. I mean, is it, there's a lot of entrepreneurial parts to the things that we were into when we were younger. Um, but it's nice that like, we didn't really kill our dreams. We just sort of reconfigured them. And yeah, but I don't know if that answers your question, but I, I haven't thought about any I mean maybe that speaks to the friendship that these are things I've just never thought of.
1: I think there's a really key word you use. I think you both basically Ben you talk about um the interests, right? So there's these series of interests that you have in common, but that's not it actually completely. Kurt said the word nourish and I think what I can see there it's not just about sharing interests. But I think giving each other hope and energy that those interests can become something more, either together or as individuals. But, you know, just hearing that, that idea, Kurt, that it's, there's plenty of people we share interests with. But how many of those people actually make us feel like those interests can become something more or something shared? I could be reading into it. No, that's, um, that's but, you know, knowing that you've created together, perhaps there's something deeper there than just sharing interests.
2: Yeah. That's really that. And I think, yeah, the motivation that we would get from each other and um, and being able to talk and be vulnerable with someone about, you know, pursuits, if it's professional or personal and um, and and, you know, something I've always valued about Kurt and really appreciated was, you know, you get him talking about food or wine or um, any sort of like ice cream uh cities other people incredibly informed and passionate about like the finer things in life um and that has always really motivated me and inspired me and so and even and so i guess feeding off of that passion is something that because i was anticipating the question of what is it about kurt that you know um makes him such a good friend and what i'm drawn to and it is that passion um and the charisma that you've got and um, how that is maybe something that I don't see in myself that um, in, in certain ways um, that I, I feed off of um, so not that I don't see it but that I just that's something that nourishes me it's another word for it. Um, so, yeah, I like that, that sort of, yeah, the shared interesting is, is one thing, but, you know, really what, how can you plug into a friendship and get more out of it than, um, talking about the same stuff.
1: Right. And I think back to your point about friendships that are carried just for the sake of preservation, yeah. it's almost like something we like just carry in a backpack with us versus something that we, you know, actively get something from. Since you touched on it, you both made a feature film together, Here Comes the Night. Um, maybe just a quick synopsis of the film and um, the effect it had on your relationship.
2: Kurt, you want to do the synopsis?
0: Yeah, i try to make it real brief, but it's two, um, two friends that are estranged from each other on different parts of the country who have like a shared kind of childhood with a third friend who has committed suicide, and the funeral brings them back together. And they have this one night where they kind of grieve together uh, and come to terms to a certain degree with where they're at in their life. It's not us. It's definitely not us, but it comes from certain things that I think we felt, and, you know, and, and we were experiencing to some degree. Yeah. Um, what did it do for our friendship? You know, there's no question it deepened it because we went through that together. I mean, we shot mainly at night for 21 days we all had to go out and raise funds and hustle it and it was a lot of work and I think it in a way you you certainly put yourself in a vulnerable position when you make a film like that and you're part of the writing of it and the producing of it um but you know ultimately I feel like for me it was a it was a moment where I don't know it 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 was the kind of enriching of our friendship that you had to wait some time to sort of understand, you know what I mean, to understand that because it felt in the way like maybe it not that it pushed us apart, but um, it, it, we, you know we didn't go out and do it again. and I know that during the filming of it, I, I I don't know. it was for we were in in different planes. and I think that was good for how we were making it. But I think that like I remember, sorry, Ben, but I do remember, Um, like at the end of the day, I was, it's like, you know, four in the morning and I, we are all exhausted and I'm like, like the way I'm like waiting for maybe to hop in Ben's car to like talk it all out and decompress. And that he's, he's gone because he's like exhausted, needs to sleep, get up for the next day. Um, and that's part of who we are as people, you know, I think that's,
2: yeah, there's all of that, but also what. During a period of Kurt and Mai's friendship, there's a lot of button pushing and a lot of like, a little like critical jabs that you can make to a friend because you have such a long history with them, you've lived with them, you've known them, you're able to say and poke in ways that actually worked well on camera and provided with good tidbits and anecdotes and parts of scenes, that combative nature. But through the course of the filming, I think, we also because we were pushing each other's buttons on screen we were pushing each other's buttons off screen and i think it it took a toll not on the friendship it just took a toll on each of us um to the point where i'm sure we took a reset for a few weeks um after that yeah, yeah and i sure. and i think that we've matured beyond the button pushing uh is that you know that that idea of pushing yeah. each other's butt that was where we were at in our that was, in, you know, at that period of our lives um, and that period how of is, friendship. Yeah. And there's very little of that now, um, I've realized. And so it's just another.
0: How is that? What, like, uh, that's great, Ben, that you, that's a really good way to put it. Uh, how did that, how did it even come to be that button pushing isn't part of the friendship? Because that's part of it coming back to being easier, like the way it was in, when we were kids. Right but I don't know. I don't know how that happened. I don't, I can't like imagine wanting to push your buttons, but I used to love. And I think we did (laughs) it. I I,
2: honestly, I think we did it up until COVID. I think there was a lot of that. Um, and so I was going to say wife and kids and houses and just hair, gray hairs and stuff that being what sort of Mm -hmm. stopped it. But I, I personally, when COVID hit, I saw my wife connecting with other women during that period and really like getting a lot of support and information and just like companionship from her girlfriends um, and their group texts and stuff. And then Kurt, you and I would meet and socially distance in my front yard. And I think something clicked where it was that, that just, it wasn't making me happy, the button pushing. Um, it wasn't making you happy. I could infer that as much and i was sort of like why am i doing that i need to get to the next place in this friendship because my life is a lot different now and i need something different from a friend it's not it's no longer banter and you know shooting the shit. it's like there's there's more life at stake here and this is a guy that i've been with since eighth grade like i want to get
0: rid of all the the button pushing because it doesn't make me feel yeah yeah it it somehow in an in interesting way, it doesn't make sense. There's something in our dynamic that shifted. Whether it's like we're sort of like the not the people we, we're still growing and evolving, but like we're the people we have grown into be. And um, there's a kind of like being good, feeling good about that in each other and enjoying each other's company. And um, yeah. It, I'm not sure how like what that speaks to what was happening before I really don't know but but the way Ben puts it is really is quite truthful
2: and and I think your idiosyncras- and idiosyncrasies or whatever what that word is that is what used I used to use to push your buttons and maybe perhaps used to, to to annoy me Kurt's very specific Kurt likes things a certain way whatever you know we all have that um and that kind of stuff is actually what is the magic of you and who you are and that I need to take I need to accept those about you because that's rather than look at those as something that I want to try to change or critique or make fun of that's certainly one of those I stopped sort of just being like no that's who you are and that's why that's that's what I love you for not a chance for me to criticize or to to make fun because that I know where that leads
1: Mm mm-hmm for sure. How lucky are you that you've gone decades, and despite maybe some of this dynamic, you're still here? I mean, have you explicitly talked about this? I'm I'm kind of curious. You know, it, it seems like there's been a lot of reflecting, or Ben, maybe it seems like you've thought about this dynamic. But, you know, have you, have you explicitly addressed this dynamic with each other over the past couple of years? Well,
0: we... We were in couples therapy for a couple of years. <laughs>
1: no, I mean,
0: uh, no, right? I mean, I don't think so. But it was interesting. But we had like a very brief. We just briefly connected on the phone the other day, and it was like, it, it was. Um, it's interesting how we had a, a real shorthand, to, just in terms of like anticipating that we were going to be talking about our friendship. So it's like. There's, it's not that we didn't have a, a familiarity with these things, but we hadn't explicitly discussed them. What do you think, Ben?
2: I think, I remember we went to Moro's a couple months ago, maybe six or eight months ago, and I had a real drive to, and I think I was going through a period of my, where I was like looking back or maybe reading old stuff or, you know, listening to older yeah. music and wanting to sit down and talk to Kurt about the past a lot. Um, And I'm also, both of us are very nostalgic people. And so we're able, like we were able to do that. And so I, and I think that was, that was good. And I think we can always do that. And that's one of the joys of having a long-term friendship. But as far as looking forward, I look at my own father and he, he has his friend. And I think they met as well in middle school or high school. And they're still incredibly close. They used to travel together when they were in their sixties and fifties. Um, and they text each other all the time and, and I look at them and I go, okay, well, that's what we're going to look like.
0: That's nice. My dad, it's funny. I, you mentioned that he also has friends from middle school. It kind of died out, which is too bad. It was too, I think the last strong friendship was like, not to get political, but I think that the, you know, the last, now it's, 6 years or whatever um and and everything I don't know somehow they which is so sad that they would be their different political opinions pull them apart but that's nice that your dad has that that that's still happening yeah um yeah i think i think you hear a lot i read a lot about how women live longer because of their friendships and their ability to socialize and it is an issue i think for men to To have those lasting friendships or people they can reach out to or connect to or confide in, or you know, um, and it, there's no question. I I don't, why? I, I, it's a great question because it's there, you know, men are certainly even men who are very, very interested in their health, you know, maybe don't invest enough in in something which is so beneficial to your
2: health. I mean, we're on a podcast talking about male friendships. So I wanna use this as a platform to really <laughs> tell my belief on this. And it is like men are terrible at cultivating casual friend. I mean, everyone talks about it. It's like you go, you take your, your nursery school kid to school, the moms get together, they exchange phone numbers, they're out having dinner, they're doing book clubs, they're creating lifelong friendships and the dads just get pulled along And the dads don't make any effort at those barbecues and birthday parties. Like they maybe will talk about sports and then go beyond that. And meanwhile, and, and, you know, and I'm, I'm there like trying to get, I will schedule a dinner these three guys, let's go hit this barbecue restaurant. And then, and I'm, you know, it it might be me, but I have a feeling it's not totally me. And it's just the fact that like, just men just suck at, at doing that um, and cultivating that. And so it's just, I'm glad I really wanted to just share that. And, you know, I don't know what yeah. why it is, but, and, and I've talked to other men about it and they're like, yeah, I've, I've noticed that about the kid's school thing. So,
0: yeah, there's no question about that. I, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I, I will say like, Ben, I commend you because I, you've talked about, you know, the effort you make and you've, you've, you've always been an organizer of, of our friends in a lot of ways and you've gotten me out more than i probably would have so you and i kind of think that your so so sort of social nature goes back to when you were pretty young um so it's like something i think you have that you haven't you've allowed to stay alive and but i'm unfortunately i think of myself as i don't know if you agree but like i do i love being with our friends and and when we get together but um yeah but the casual new friendship i'm no i'm not good at that either really not yeah
1: i appreciate us bringing this up i mean that's definitely a motivation excuse me for me and this whole this podcast is an exploration of friendship in all its forms and yeah certainly diving into male friendship and giving a platform for that i think is something we need more of to have these conversations and ask what are we lacking in our lives by not having more of this or platforms to talk about this. I didn't think about just being a new dad. I can't tell you how many groups there were for my wife to connect with other moms. What's, what's like the new dad group is like cards and whiskey. I'm mm. sorry, but like there's gotta be a more constructive way to like help new dads be new dads. I was mm. pretty terrible at it. So, mm. um, yeah, there's whether it's the life extension, the health, just being a good father, if that happens to be your station in life, um, mm. male friendships important.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I am sort of neurotic. I, I am a talker. I'm a feeler. I am a.
2: Now it's coming out.
0: Oh, no, 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 not yet. I've got. I can hold on for another five minutes and keep, keep it in. But what I was gonna say was that was that um, you know there's there's something about I don't know like men who it's like you they don't go there or keep it simple or it's surface level you know there's something but a lot of my best male friendships are the are the people who I can really talk with you know and like talk not you know just delve into shit I mean you get some of those people who you'll go out on the hike with and have a really in-depth long conversation with you will not connect with for another like two months you know what I mean it's not a casual thing. It's, it's like, if we're out on a hiking, hiking together, like we'll, we'll have the conversation. There's no question. We'll connect, but it's a lot. It's, and maybe part of that is that women can just pop in and out. It's quicker. It's easier. I don't know. I mean,
2: yeah, I think that, I, I think that there's not men don't the small talk thing, um, is, is it comes a little harder. I'm trying to think about like the birthday parties with kids. I mean, LA you're, you're heading
0: into that. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, how old is your child?
1: I've got a five year old and a two year old. Oh, okay. oh wow. Uh-huh. Right. And, yeah, nice. so nice. Yeah. Um but again I'm I'm not you know, maybe this is something um I need to push harder on, but my wife's, you know, default uh plus one for birthday parties. Yeah. Uh, and I love that because I know she's gonna go there and form deeper friendships and I want her to have that. Um maybe I need to be a bit more selfish myself or put myself out there more. Yeah. You know, that's not on her, that's on me. But then you go to these, and, and I think there's
0: a, you know, I don't know, it's people are kind of, they don't necessarily often, in my own experience, like come looking to make friends. I don't know, Ben, that might be different for you, but.
2: Men don't, they don't put out an effort. On, 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 in general, I don't think men at birthday parties put out any sort of effort for the most part. All the moms do, <laughs> for the most part. They're just, you know, because. Very they, funny. They just want to connect and. There, you know, there's some sort of energy that that's being like, there's an objective that a mom has amongst a group of other parents and moms, I think that men, we just don't like, we don't know what we're there supposed to do except for being there because we feel like we should be there supporting the the mom (laughs) Or, you know, just
0: like waiting for it to end. (laughs) Or
2: the the guys are at the golf course, you know, you're like, oh, where's her husband? Oh, he's playing golf. It's like, okay.
0: For sure. But I mean, if you, the golf's interesting because you like, you're really on, you're following your own ball and you're definitely on the course together and you're hanging out. But I think that's, that's the, the, what's good about it, what works, I think, for a lot of men is that you're not just stuck with each other. Like, you have your own thing you got to do and you have your sort of path that you're on, but you get to kind of pop in and then pop out. And and that really is nice. That's
2: a good, yeah, I've never thought about it like that. That's why golf is good for men. You come together in the cart for like 45 seconds and you go, I'm going to go to my ball, you go to yours.
1: I've never thought about that. And
2: then the ninth hole, you want to get to the 10th hole. So it's just like a quick something, quick hello. And then at the 18th, I got to go back home because I've been away from my house for four and a half hours. My wife's calling me. So there's not really like the after golf break yeah, that's yeah. I mean that kind of fits into that that framework I can see of
1: men not. it's a self propelled social situation. Yeah. it's it literally numbered one through eighteen. You, you know how long you have left. <laughs> yeah. You know it it is all... <laughs> I didn't thought about it like that, but yeah, it's yeah. It's uh it's easy. <laughs> the ultimate men's sport. <laughs> for, for a reason we haven't really considered uh, at least not me um, I spend some time in Los Angeles I love the city I'm curious um, what is something that you both agree on when it comes to the city of Los Angeles
2: the valley is pretty great
0: Yeah, it's exactly what I was, I was thinking <laughs> a place that's like maybe not known for its glory is one mm-hmm. which we have embraced I love it yeah
2: I mean we're nostalgic people so you can drive through on ventura boulevard and you know see yeah. all these sort of places that kurt and i would be like oh let's try that or you know we, we just a couple of weeks ago we had a great night we went to this what was that is there Israeli? that some sort of grill and had and then went across oh, the street yeah. to the there's 500 cigar shops in la in the valley and we yeah. picked one and sat outside and and felt like a real valley night you know?
1: <laughs> i'm curious What's maybe a lesson that you've learned from each other along the way?
2: You know, Kurt has an understanding of, and we don't have to get too much into it, but Israel, Palestine and the politics of that region. And he has family there and he spent some time there and just has a a POV on it that is not just the way most people from just reading the New York Times and digging maybe a little bit deeper, he's really dug into it more, um, and that, and so, and and if and if you just send Kurt an article not about Israel and Palestine but more about Trump or something, he look he 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 digs a little deeper, and um, he's not he knows what the Times says, which is great, but there's always something a little bit he's got some insights from underneath and a and a strong POV on it. You know uh, it's taken me a while to come up with my own pov on israel just because it's so complicated but kurt's helped me kind of navigate my own thoughts about it but i think that's across be it food or wine or cigars or anything that you know he's inspired me to just sort of dig a little bit deeper and, and sort of find my own pov and and um yeah, I think that's something that I, even when we were growing up together, his passion, as I said earlier, for subjects and, and things has really driven me.
1: He remembers the ice cream shop by your home. Right. He sees mm-hmm. the detail in life and makes sure that you see it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and don't just... Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I... W- yeah, I mean, I would just... Uh, thanks, Ben. I appreciate that. And I think, you know, just for the record, I, I think it's mainly just having a, a commitment to and an interest in both points of view on that particular conflict and and really trying to see not one side or the other. But um, yeah, no, I was thinking for Ben, I was really thinking Ben, I think he knows that I looked up to him a lot. He, you know, in college was a real go-getter and, you know, he inspired me to write my first play. He raised funds, which nobody had ever thought to do, to direct and produce his own play which he was like if you can write something in a month we'll do your play if it's any good and otherwise I'll just get the rights to something and it was a great challenge that I, I really took hold wholeheartedly and it really had a huge effect on my life and impact um, and so I think that and another thing about Ben is that he was a as you may know he's a very very talented actor and had been as a young person and was quite accomplished and was went to London and studied at one of the you know finest graduate programs and so when Ben got into his entrepreneurial track and started creating his business, it was a seed in, in my mind that I really think I needed. I mean, you know, until very recently, I was really pursuing a career as a TV writer and had worked really hard to get where I was. And COVID was a big eye-opener to me. And I think some of our conversations, and that was maybe the first time I really began to learn more about what Ben's doing. You know, getting into real estate, it's something I had thought about almost a decade ago, but I had some success that led me down the path I went down for eight years. But it was nice to to sort of see this compatriot in the arts kind of use that creativity and break off and build something and do something and be so successful at it. Um, Like that was important for me. I mean, he kind of blazed that trail. I give him credit for that. So I learned that from Ben.
1: I mean, I think like to feed off someone else and, um, make them, you know, our friends at best make us feel like we can do more than we thought we were able to do ourselves. I love that you have that. Yeah. What's something that you, um, you want the other person to know that perhaps you haven't shared with them lately? I have
2: so much confidence in you and what you're doing in the step in your career right, right now with, with real estate. And just like, it just, it clicks for me. It's just sort of like, it just makes sense and i just know that you're so dogged and that you're like again that this is a great place for your passion and your charisma and yeah no i mean what you're what you're doing right now i'm really excited and I, you know for the next couple of years ahead and, and seeing how you grow and how you're investing in it and um just I'm, I'm i'm excited to watch watch it all happen
0: thank you man i appreciate that a lot uh putting an offer in on a house with a client tonight, which is when it's just going to be an exciting night. Um, yeah. I mean, I would say that I think it's, it's, yeah, if this was the question. I I'm not sure, but I think it, it's to tell Ben that like, he's a great dad, you know, and that that's really nice to see. And, uh, you know, that it's clear that you and Sonny have like a f- real friendship and along with like the love and the relationship between father and daughter. And that's really kind of special. That's cool. Yeah.
1: Thanks, man. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for opening up your friendship to me, to our audience. And i um, really looking forward to connecting with you both, perhaps when I get into Los Angeles in the future. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you,
0: Elliot. Yeah. I'd love to meet you. Really appreciate yeah. it.
1: I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I hope your friendships are 10-speed effortless. And I hope you find yourself surrounded by people that bring out the best in you. See you next time.